Welcome to Rain City Supercars, episode 45. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we're back. We had a really exciting weekend, but we're going to kind of get into that on another episode. But uh, we had a we took a classic car drive. Yeah, the Haggerty Fall Classic, and that will be its own episode. Yes. Because we need a guest for once. Well, no, yeah, we needed to. We needed to. And, and you know, we went out and we scraped as low as we could go into the, the darkest sludge we could... F- no. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. Uh, no, absolutely. Actually, we have a really awesome guest that yes. a lot of our car people probably know. Yeah. And that's John Schomer. Tell us about your show, because John has a show, too, which is how we know John. We know John via Kevin. Kevin plugged on his page, actually. Said you guys got to watch me live on this on this uh, mixer stream, so I did. And Sharaf was like, "Okay, this is one I would actually watch." So we know that you have a great show and you have horrible guests. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, pedal. Uh, what is it? Uh, Wheel and pedal Wednesdays. Wheel and pedal Wednesday. Okay. I have a couple other shows as well on Tuesday and Thursday, but Wheel and pedal Wednesday is kind of the closest to in real life meets video games kind of uh, stream. Okay, so you work for Forza and Turn 10, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and because of that, you're doing, what is it? Uh, what is a Wheel and Pedal Wednesday? Wheel and Pedal Wednesday is sometimes me driving on a really fancy uh, race rig, uh, fanatic uh, steering wheel and pedals and uh, play seat, uh, full simulator Forza. I'm sorry you have to do that. It sounds horrible. I know. It's really hard. <laughs> His yeah. job sucks. You should yep. come and credit really the crisis sucks. management. Yeah. Crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, every other week, I'll have a guest bring in their real car, like Kevin, and sit down with them. They sit in the Lamborghini seat, and we play Forza. We talk about their car, maybe the build that goes into their car, why they love cars. Um, Maybe we'll drive their car in Forza. And we try to have have fun and bring that real-world driving to Forza and kind of compare and contrast. I've never been a competitive video gamer nor will i ever be Me because Me and, and going into <laughs> into group like the group play i hate because i'm never good and people just run me over in, in forza or if i'm in a shooter game they, they i pop up after being shot and and that's why i'm actively staying away from Fortnite because i know i'll just get mad at some six-year-old but <laughs> i love i've always loved that about forza and the fact that when i was finally of ava- when it was finally available that i could go into forza and drive a tr3 I was so excited. And I remember my dad looking at me going, you, we have one. Like, why do you want to play it in the game? I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's totally different. Like, it's a different experience. Like, it won't and, break down. And here it won't break down, and I can hit something, and it doesn't cost anything to fix No it. repercussions. Just hit <laughs> so, reset or rewind. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, go. yeah. Boy, <laughs> don't real racers wish they had rewind. They, I'm sure so they I'm, do. I'm telling you, right? Look, that extra button on the steering wheel. Yeah. I've seen uh, some real-life people. I don't know if it was... Tanner Faust or some of the hosts from Top Gear years ago when they had their own show and they, you know, they found out just how difficult it is. You can't just mash the button and go. It's real driving, you know. Oh. Um, well, I mean, now yeah. they're, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're picking people from video that are playing video games to drive real cars these days, which is insane to me. And, and, and that's transitioning, which I love. But um, I've always, been, I've been a fan of Forza since day one. I've always been an Xbox guy. <laughs> We have spent way too much time playing Forza. <laughs> hey, we'll get along fine. <laughs> we had a, we had a, we had a night. Dan came over one time. We were having fun, and we we had had a few whiskeys and sat down. And I, I ne- I'm never really a guy like in Forza. You know, I make the money and I spend the money in the cars. And I think Dan and I spent like close to seven million dollars one night, like <laughs> buying buying cars. And I was like, I was like, well, it was a good night though. <laughs> well, I have the the honor of being able to gift myself as much money as I want. So I am. Oh, that's nice. In the world of Forza, I am immensely oh. rich. Oh yeah, and it is so cool. You're I've, a Forza I've, god. Hundred fifty okay. million. Oh, I'll, just, sure. I'll buy that Testarossa. Yeah, I'll take that brand new Cinturon. I can buy anything I want, and there's just no pain, Again, no insurance. I'm so sorry, the life <laughs> you're living. But so it's you're tough. bringing people in. Um, you're talking cars. You've got their real car there, and you're driving in the game. And then this is broadcast where. And this is broadcast on Mixer okay. uh, slash Forza Motorsport and Twitch TV slash Forza Motorsport. Okay. Um, you can check out our broadcast there anytime. We're always doing something fun with cars. And, and if, we've got several different hosts aside from me. Yeah. And if you have been to any Microsoft event, you there is I don't think anybody on the Forza team is not a car person. I can legitimately say that from going anywhere near their facility and talking to anybody on their team. Well, I would have to, I would have to say that's maybe the perception um, well, it's a great perception. There's a lot of people. The guy, one of the friends I used to work with on the community team. Shout out to Fred Howell. Um, Hi, Fred. He <laughs> hasn't owned a car since he was in high school. He took the you know the bus and the what's the Microsoft connector thing. Yeah. Never owned a car. Never owned a car. Even and he had plenty of money. 
Um, he did, did not have a car. Thing. Javier, or another guy on the community community team, he took taxis and Ubers to work. Loves cars, loves Forza, great artist, great designer. You know, loves the game. But just two, just two examples. So, but there is different degrees. I mean, you get up to guys like Dan Greenwald and and the up, the uppers. They they are car lovers. Um, but there's all kinds there. A lot of people love video games. A lot of people love car design. A lot of people love art. Um, so all these facets come together to make a great game, but not necessarily is everybody all about cars. Me, on the other hand, I'm all about cars. That's why I'm there because I'm just, I've always been a car guy and I guess they picked up on that when they hired me and gave me the opportunity to yeah, write about you, cars. You have the sickness. We understand. Yeah. I told Dan this. I, I interviewed <laughs> for a job at Turn 10, which obviously I did not get. And I don't even know what I was really interviewing for. I was I was kind of headhunted to go there and, and for some of my car knowledge. And it was an amazing, it was probably the best interview I've been in. It was very serious, but like I got to sit down for an hour and talk cars. Like it wasn't like, you know, which was fun. This was back when uh, you guys were out... Um, outside of Redmond, not um, your, Willows, place. Yeah. Way, way out there, but this was a long time ago, but it was really fun to come in there, you know, and I walked in the lobby and there's the P1. Yep. <laughs> You're going, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but it's an incredible place. And obviously if you don't know this, turn 10 now is right down the street from exotics, like two blocks. Yep. I sneak into the lobby all the time to grab a drink or use the restroom. I was going to say, you can, you can use the- <laughs> <laughs> we, I will say we have definitely the coolest lobby if you're a car guy. Yes, you do. And if you've been to exotics and walked right down the road, you can't help but notice the Porsche 919, the Ford GT and the McLaren P1 replica. Um, if you didn't know, that is yeah, it's a show. You, 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 it's yeah, a show. I know. I was going to say, you actually told me that story at an event that you invited me to, which thank you again for that, uh, brought the triumph and, and got to see your beautiful Porsche, which I do want to talk about later. I, I did not know that. I was, you actually explained that whole story to me in the fact that it's no engine, no interior. But it's the not wheels a car are real? by any measure. It, it is absolutely yeah. a piece of plastic with P1 wheels. It's a really, really cool piece of plastic beautiful that piece is built plastic. to absolute scale on the outside of yeah. a McLaren P1. Cover car for its five. Sure. But yeah, it's just a piece of plastic. So it's just all your cover cars in there, huh? You P1, and you got the Ford GT. and <laughs> Turns out, yeah, well, the Ford GT, yes, the 919 is, is actually a full-bodied race car minus yeah. the drivetrain. And you got that, and, and that's amazing that you guys have that because you, you guys got that car. Was it before they won Le Mans or was it after? It was after. After, it was okay. after. Yeah, Porsche likes us. Well, oh, no, cool. I don't doubt it. I mean. We like them. <laughs> yeah, and you had that wonderful announcement of the GT GT2 RS. That, where is it? They, they actually Porsche launched the GT2 RS on your guys' stage. Yeah, correct. Three. Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, let's let's go back. Like, you are you are you originally from the Seattle area? I'm kind of a crossbreed. Um, that, between... that can mean a lot of things in this area. Well, take it for what you will. <laughs> okay. But what I mean by that is that I, I was raised pretty much between Wisconsin and Seattle. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was eight years old. I always kind of bounced back between one parent or the other, depending on who could handle me better. Um, and when I lived in one place, I came to the other for the summers. So okay. I'm truly bi-native is what I've called it in the past. Wisconsin, right on the St. Croix River, Seattle, of course, and Bellevue um, at different times. So I'm very familiar with, you know, the Midwest sure. and the Northwest. We got but, a lot of listeners from Wisconsin. Do we? Yeah, we do. I was oh, just talking to Libby about this. Dr. Libby, Dr. Libby okay. Finesse, boss okay. of the floss. She's a huge listener of ours. And she and she was saying a bunch of her coworkers are from Wisconsin. We got a bunch of t- friends from Wisconsin. My mom's from Minnesota. Sweet. But yeah, but she's a, Green Bay, she's a Green Bay fan. We'll go into that another time. <laughs> uh, yeah. But okay, so, anyway. but you, you've been a car guy since little. Like we always, Dan and I always joke about the fact that, I mean, I still do as you look around here, have model cars and Hot Wheels and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've always loved it. So I'm assuming you're kind of the same way. I have had uh, what I call Volkswagenism since I was mm, about four years old. Well, that's a disease. It's a very that, infectious one, too. It's a, it's, very, a, it's a bad one. Yeah, it's cost me thousands of dollars and really never gotten me anywhere. But I, I, but I, have, I treasure guest. it like anything else. We have <laughs> a previous wheels. guest, Jason Boriog, that has that disease real bad. So, yeah. Yeah, if, it has, if it's a Volkswagen and it's sitting needing love, I see it. I want it. I want to fix it, even though I know I'm not getting my money back out of that. Sure. Um, but it's just, that's what my grandmother had. She, my grandmother, I will tell you this story that she has told me about 20 times, probably more than that. She tells it differently and better every single time. When she knew that I was going to be born on September 19th, which is a couple of days from now, she drove across the country from Seattle in her 1965 bug to make sure and be there for my birth. She had a rocking chair strapped to the roof halfway across the country. The starter 
failed in the bug and they had to pop start it all, all the rest of the way there. And she had her 13 year old daughter at the time. So it starts there before my actual birth that this red 65 Volkswagen showed up at my birth after taking my grandmother and my aunt across the country. And it only gets worse from there. That is a great story. Yeah, that's the first page so of my book is when this, I ever write it. Is this a car <laughs> you still own? No, that's a that's a car that my grandmother owned back from probably, well, she owned it in 1969. Uh, okay. She probably owned that for another couple of years. I think she went from there to a the first year the rabbit came out. She had an orange um, rabbit the very first year they came out. Late 70s, isn't that? 78? No, probably 74. Wasn't your Scirocco orange? Yeah, it was 70, my 84 Scirocco was 84. orange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a fluorescentish, reddish yeah. orange. Um, she had that. I remember dr- test driving Pacers with her until she made the right decision. Because she looked around on Bellevue Auto Row and drove a Pacer and drove some other stuff. I remember the Pacer. And then she bought the, the Rabbit. And we drove that thing across the country. We drove the heck out of it. Her children were always fixing uh, buses and Gias in the driveway. Uh, my aunt had a bug. So these are the cars that influenced me initially. I should have learned then, seeing how much they always worked on them, that they were not meant to be reliable. They were just full of personality and allowed you to express yourself in a way that, I don't know what that, whatever that is, if you're a Volkswagen person, you feel right when you're driving a Beetle. Um, Somebody once told me that when it comes to Volkswagen, it's always working, which means you're always working on it, but it never works. <laughs> That's one way one way of looking at it. I understand that. Like we actually, well, a gentleman that was on the tour with us this weekend had a, a fully restored uh, beetle that was just incredible. He has another one too, a rally bug that has. Who like, doesn't? It's set up. He has that rally, like a class too. twelve yeah. kind of desert Baja. No, bug. no, 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 road rally like a checkpoint rally. Oh, sweet! And it's one of the coolest cars. Uh, Dave's his name. I'll send you his info just because he's if you he's, if you're a Volkswagen guy, you should know Dave. He's hmm. he's all forms of Volkswagen, including Porsche nine fourteens. To nice. Volkswagen bugs, buses, you name it. He's that kind of guy. And, but you're you're absolutely right about the Volkswagens. We talked about this on Jason's episode. You can't have a bad time in a Volkswagen bus. And the no. bug is the same way. Everybody sees it. They smile. They wave. They're, and everybody's got a story. Yep. Because, I mean, we drove around in his bus, uh, Jason's, around Seattle one night. I've told this story before. But you can't go anywhere in that thing. We might as well have been in an F12 or you know, some other supercar because it, it's, and you can, and, and in it, like you can park car. it anywhere. We yeah. found that out that people would just be like, Oh, park it in front of the store. Oh, park it here. Cause they just want to see it in front of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's take a quick break and talk more about your personal cars. We'll be right back. Hey everybody. This is Dan from rain city supercars. Rain city supercars is brought to you by M squared fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back and talking to John. So, John, tell us about your cars. But start from the beginning. What was that? And if you had some car you just tossed aside didn't care about, that's one thing. But I want to know... What was that one car that, like, I mean, you, you mentioned you had the Volkswagens before, and that made you the car guy. But when you got in the driver's seat, what was the one that really flipped the switch for you? Hmm. I think that probably, I mean, the first one, the first, my first car was a, was a Ford Fiesta. Um, and because it was that first one, that's the car that flipped my switch, because that's the one that I got to drive. Um, what year is it? Or was it? It was, it was a 1980 Ford Fiesta. Okay. A little front-wheel drive, you know, mini hot hatch it's it wasn't that hot um but uh yeah that car you know i got busted my first day driving home from school going 45 and a 25 going over the same hill that my friends had driven me home a hundred times with to get that little roller coaster effect i did the exact same thing they did like seriously a hundred times and there was a cop waiting there right for me that day and because (laughs) almost like he knew people were coming down that hill doing that well the thing is my dad used to be the mayor of that town and a cop for nine years in that town and i do not doubt one bit that he told his friend paul to sit right there there and, and wait. wait and see what his son did on his first day of driving home from school and he pulled me over and he gave me a ticket it was no mercy and uh, my dad took my car away for 30 days oh you got to drive for a day 
Well, I had driven for maybe three days because oh, I think okay. I got my license on a Friday, so I drove oh, over the weekend. Uh, but that was the first day that I drove to school. And that, that all, what is that, what, 85 horsepower, maybe? Uh, 87. 80. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do apologize. With that car, you need every single one. I was going to say, you, that's how you got to 45. But, you know, for to give it its credit, a car is actually pretty peppy. 90 horsepower in a little tiny car. I mean, what's a GTI got? 90 horsepower. Yeah. The Fiesta is actually a little smaller um, and lighter. So it's it's a pretty peppy car even today. I was going to say, and you still own this car. I bought another Ford Fiesta okay. the same year. It's a different color, but no, I sold that one, well, back in 1988 um, for a Volkswagen Bug. Um, oh, that was a smart move. But yeah. He wanted more power. <laughs> Oof, there's, no. there's a nightmare to tell about so many, a nightmare or a good story to tell about every car. I mean, the Fiesta was a great car. I drove the heck out of it as a pizza delivery guy, as a high school kid on road trips and everything. And then as soon as I was 18, I traded that car for a 77 bug. And that car basically just stranded me everywhere and did everything that my father said it was going to do. Because in Wisconsin, it's like 30 below, right? The 77 Bug has an electric fuel pump in the front that pumps the gas from the tank in the front to the engine in the back. And in 30 below weather, it turns out that that fuel pump actually freezes. Um, so it stops you from running. And so many days... I was not much up there keeping it warm in the middle of a Wisconsin, Wisconsin certainly winter. nothing keeping yeah. you warm. No, of course not. Because to heat a Volkswagen, you have to have the engine up to an operating temperature, temperature that's hot enough. And then it has to carry that hot air from where the engine is into the compartment. But in 30 below weather... You know, it's frozen cold air coming in by the time it gets to you. That's why I can never use the heater in the Triumph in the winter, because the engine never gets hot enough to circulate the water to blow the, the fan blow down on it. It doesn't work. Yeah, and it's got to travel from wherever yep. it's generating the heat into you. And by the time, you know, if it's cold, it just dissipates and it doesn't make heat. Um, you never but, think about those things. Like, I mean, and you would think, come, but, but a, a car like the Beetle coming from Germany, where winters maybe not as bad as Wisconsin winters, but you'd think they would have to put like, oh, let's put a heat blanket or, you know, something around it. Well, they have gas heaters. You can have gasoline burning in a heater in your window and have that, you know. That could never go wrong. Yeah, what could happen? Yeah. I was laughing about that mm-hmm. with uh, Ashley from Haggerty this weekend. We were talking about driving the 67 RS that we had in it's like, man, they would have killed for the horsepower of a V6 Camry back in the late 60s. <laughs> <laughs> and the handling and the braking True. and the shifting. It's just, it's how, it's so funny comparing them now, but they, you will never have the style. And yeah. that is the best part about those little Volkswagens, man. There's, everybody loves that style. I still yeah. want one. I mean, power is like this instant gratification and you could have yeah. it in something ugly and I'm going to go there. I mean, a Toyota Camry, the most basic car. Yeah. It's a great car. Great car. Last forever. Oh, you're the first person to ever be hate a Camry. Okay. Well, then, next you're going to tell us you don't like Priuses. <laughs> I was going to tell you that the last three cars have been Priuses that I've had, but no. no. Uh, Get out. No, no. No. Absolute. No Prius in the left lane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. That's a, a good a, a buddy of ours on uh, Instagram, left lane Prius. So we, I get that. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, his page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camrys, Camrys are great cars, but you know, it's just, that's, that's a basic transportation car. It will take you wherever you want to go without any problems, but it has, it's like, have it's you seen the new, new ones? Like a brand, brand new one, like 19, 18. The, they're all right looking cars. They're, it's They've starting to look right. right looking cars. I, but I mean, like, like I looked, I, one went by me and I, I and oh, yes, yeah, t- I know this, it looked like a Lexus. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> But it looked really good, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know. I did the same thing. I'm not going to lie. I saw one yeah. of the brand new ones. I was like, huh. Did not expect to actually go, huh. And look yeah. at a double, double think <laughs> at a Camry. Yeah. The most beige thing you can think of. There is a guy in this state who has an older, uh, like a, I think it's a second generation Toyota Avalon, and the license plate says car guy. <laughs> and I'm just beating my head in the wall. Nope. The, call, the car that I think... Car and driver, or somebody called like the most anti-car person car ever made is the Avalon, because <laughs> it was the most mind-numbing car to drive. Where it's like it just has no feedback. It's not good at anything. It just it's the... kind of luxurious. Yeah, but, but not, not really. really. It's, it's really overpriced. That's when the ish comes in. Yeah. Luxury it's for the people that have enough that have more money than they 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 didn't want a Camry. They want something nicer than a Camry. Yeah. So no, those people bought Volkswagen Phaetons. <laughs> Those people had good taste. Yeah. <laughs> At least. <laughs> W12 and but W8. It, why wouldn't you just buy an S8? I, I have no idea. You're preaching to the choir there. Especially, oh, okay. Especially I, I when mean, Ronan came I, out. I, I mean, I get it. It's a gorgeous car. 
and I've seen a few of them around here, and they're, and they're they're going to be collectors' items. But I'm like, wait a minute, like, yeah. Well, the, clearly the answer is that one is an Audi and one is a Volkswagen. Well, I understand. Oh, <laughs> Did anybody who didn't own a Volkswagen that? dealer buy one though? That's true. That's true. <laughs> it was like it was like, well, what what car can we sell to every Volkswagen dealer owner in the U.S.? Aha! Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because so, Joe Pignatero had one. Yeah, I worked at a body shop next door when he did, and that was the first one I ever saw. Hmm. It was like my first thought was, "Why didn't you buy an S8?" Wait, you didn't but. own one of those, did you? <laughs> no. Okay, no, good. All right. no. Yeah. Too big, I have a tendency to insult people without knowing it, and no, no too big, yeah. too fancy for me. All right, so let's talk about this Porsche of yours because you okay. got fun cars too. I mean, yes. the other ones aren't fun, but you have the enthusiast choice car at the moment. Porsches have skyrocketed in value lately, mm-hmm. especially older ones, and yeah. you've got a sweet one. I do. So kind of there's a there's a story behind uh, the Porsche. It's a 78 911 SC, which, you know, on the scale of valuable Porsches is probably towards the, the lower end. I don't know why, though, because it's just a 78 911. It's got the three liter in it. It's bulletproof. It drives like any other 911. But for some reason, the SC has been branded as the most entry level of 911s by, I mean, by people like Magnus Walker. Still so says I, Porsche on the back, right? It certainly does. Okay, still a and Porsche. it's not a Boxster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ooh. Right. I mean, it, for all intents, for, it is a 911. Uh, but, so the story behind this is that I had this really awesome F350 4x4 turbo diesel dump truck. I had a little business where I had this dump truck and I had a little Kubota tractor and I was getting out of that business because it cost a lot of money to run that business and I didn't have the money to continue a hobby business. And nobody wanted to pay the money that the F-350 dump truck was worth because it had a nice big uh, winch on the front. It had a chip in it. It tipped in the windows, nice stereo. And it was a really beautiful truck. Nobody wanted to spend $20,000 on a truck. They wanted a $10,000 truck. Sure. So I went on a motorcycle trip, and I put it in my Craigslist ad. I said, we'll trade for Porsche 911 of equal value as kind of a joke because I'm thinking it's a dump truck. You know, but maybe who's going to give me a Porsche for a dump truck? I was just truck. like, you know, I don't really need the money from that truck. I w- I've always wanted a 911. Sure. So, and lo and behold, I come back from my motorcycle trip, and there's a guy who's like, yeah, I've got this red 911, uh, and I want a dump truck for my property. Want to meet up? And Match see if we made can. in heaven. I show up, and it's a red 911 with black interior and sunroof and Kinesi wheels, and I'm pretty much like, okay, unless there's something really wrong with this car, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, it's done deal. And as it turned out, I he gave me a couple thousand dollars. And the car, it's got a. It had one hundred and ninety thousand miles on it when I bought it, um, but I did the research, and that engine is seriously bulletproof, and they say it goes can go up to a half million miles. Um, I've had no problems with the engine. There was a few bugs to work out. Um, at this point, the car is perfect driver, um, very reliable. I just drove it six hundred miles in the rain this weekend with uh, two weekends ago with a bunch of Alpha people. Um, but you weren't on the Haggerty Classic with us, which we're a little disappointed about now. Oh, well, if you had invited me, I, I may have gone. You know, we, I, well, we'll we'll definitely be talking about it again and be going uh, next year to the Hulk. But um, yeah, we're gonna have an episode about that and tell people how to sign up because it's one of those things that we had never done before. And now that everybody I know with a car that was built before '79, I'm saying you have to do this. It was so much fun. Yeah, and they they I love their magazine. I have their insurance on all my classic cars. They read an awesome magazine. I love that. Yeah, it's, we were talking about that too. It's one of the only ones we actually read now because yeah. they have great p- stories about people versus just sponsored by whoever. I mean, I know Haggerty's putting it on. I know it's their customers. There's something in it for them too, but I love the stories people put in there. Actually, yeah, we were in, there's an article that came out in the latest magazine about McKeel Haggerty's daughter driving across country in this in the same Camaro yeah, we, were, we were driving on the... Oh, that same one? Those yeah. three girls? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. the Camaro we were driving this weekend. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it drive. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But um, I don't want to get too far off on that. Yeah, but like sorry. I said, so you you have the you, you do have exactly <laughs> <laughs> one of us. What? Where's this squirrel? In here? No. That's squirrel, a pretty squirrel. good trade when you when you think about it. You, I got a Porsche for a dump truck. <laughs> yeah, and the well, the dump truck is still on the road. I see it every once in a while because it's just distinctive. It's got this big you know diamond plate. Uh, rat pack behind it so I, I see it every once in a while but i do believe that i got the better hand in the deal because i think the dump, dump truck has probably gone continually down in value that's true and yeah. i believe very strongly that my porsche has gone immensely up in value because um, i got in right at that time where you know the car was worth maybe fifteen thousand when i got it and Haggerty just recently valued it at uh, 42 i think yeah exactly um, so i don't know if i would get that for mine that's almost but, uh, six times as much 
Oh, wait, no. It's, it's a pretty good investment. <laughs> Joking. And I've driven it all over. I love it. You know, it's my car. When people see the, see me in that car, they say, John, that car is so you. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't even know I was that cool. And it'll never go out of style. <laughs> it'll Apparently. never go out of style. You tell him. <laughs> yeah. No. And so what else, what, else are, what else is in your stable? Uh, in the garage currently right now. So we got the Fiesta. We got the 911. I have a 1974 Bug. Okay. Um, that fixes my Volkswagen passion. I've had that car since uh, about nine, ten years ago. I had a 57 Oval Project. Um, I had just gotten a divorce. I was living out in the country, and the 57 Oval Project was sitting out under tree branches that like to crush cars, and I was like, I have to get rid of this. I cannot see a tree branch crush this car. Sold that, and then I bought the first bug that I saw that was like three miles from where I was living, um, and I've put way too much money into it um but it's my car it's yeah. my car i've been through everything on it it drives awesome it's got a really nicely built engine it's kind of i call it the street baja because it kind of rides up it's got about an inch and a half kind of lift on it big 60 series uh raised white letter cooper cobra tires and uh, porsche wheels um it's got a little rocker panel VW sticker on it. It's very flashy. You will not see another Beetle like this when you go to car shows. You got to bring it to exotics. I'd love to. Yeah, it's you know it's not like super fancy, but it's just in the style that I created that I like, and uh, it's it's not you know it's not stance, it's not dumped, it's not a cow bug, um, it's not a Baja. But you made it your own. I yeah. made it my own. I, it just kind of came together this way, and um, and it drives pretty good. I took it to an autocross day, and. Uh, while the Fiesta STs were a full 10 seconds above my lap times, I was able to be consistently within a couple tenths on every lap that I did. And you were probably having more fun. I almost guarantee you were. I was having a, a great... Well, the ST's a pretty good time. But, oh, yeah, it is. Uh, but, but I was having a great time he was getting working up to harder, 40 I'll miles an hour really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's got, it's got uh, you know, stabilizer bars, so it's really grippy. Um, so it did pretty well. It's not fast by any means, but... It didn't, uh, you know, it didn't slip. You know, when I turn it, it turns. Um, so is this, is, is the, is the bug your daily? No, I, I, I don't know if I really have a daily. Huh. Um, I kind of rotate between all of them so they get driven. Nothing wrong with that. I probably yeah. drive the bug the least. Oh. Um, cause it gets horrible mileage. Um, it, what it, a Volkswagen that gets, <laughs> believe when, it or when not. did that start happening? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an 1835 with Big two big carburetors on it that are actually not jetted right, uh, so it just sucks gas and oversized tires so. and oversized tires. And I like the way it sounds when you go fast, um, so it does go through a, way more gas than any other car. Well. Um, and it's it's not comfortable. It's fun. I have it. I love driving it, um, but it's not the it's not my go to. Like I just want to go to the store. I just want to get to work. Car. It's like it's Friday. It's nice. I haven't driven the bug. Drive the bug today. Time to go for a drive. Yeah. yeah. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but it's pretty funny. So I, I drive my Z06 pretty often during the summer. When it's nice out, I'm just like, roof off. I don't care if it's freezing or whatever. But if it's nice out, it's the roof off. I love the way it sounds. I never get sick of the way that car yeah, sounds. Yeah, you have the tan oh, line. Of course to prove it. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. have the ultimate Corvette tan line right there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but it's wonderful. Anyway, we call that farmer tan. In oh, it's so, yeah, so we do here too. I have, I have an amazing, epic farmer's tan. But uh, I was at a light, and of course, I'm, I'm not. The type is burning out the lights or anything like that. But I love to rev it through first a second. Just that that loud rev and then the quick shift. It's just just makes me happy to do. Yeah. So I'm doing this um, and I'm in Redmond and I just got up to 35. There's no point in speeding through Redmond. And the guy next to me who catches up with me at every light and I'm just laughing my way to work and having a good time listening to the car. And I pull in and he pulls in next to me in the garage. And he goes, you know, we got here at the same time. I said... Yeah, but I had a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just laughed and he goes, yeah, that is a fair point. <laughs> I think he was driving an Altima or something. Yeah. But well, it's not always about speed. You can't expect him to understand no. if he's driving an Altima. It, or... I, it clicked with him immediately. Though. He's like, oh, you weren't actually trying to speed anywhere. You no. were just having fun listening to your own car. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yep, exactly. I yeah, if you're hard, a car guy, I want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's no different than a mu- musician listening to his own music, so... No, I mean, <laughs> laughing at your own jokes. But like I said, it's, I do that a lot. <laughs> Me too. A lot. I think I own, am so funny. I find myself going, I don't care if you found it was funny. I, I find it was funny. He's his own best friend. I, yes, I'm, I'm a mog. <laughs> half man, half dog. I'm my well, own best friend. Did, doing streams, I am basically, unless I have a guest, sitting in my garage by myself, talking to myself. 
Yeah, unless you look at chat. And oh, you're the only car that guy that sits that in his garage and talks you know, to himself. In there with me, yeah. virtually, you know, or if I'm at work in the studio there, I'm in the room going blah, 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 all excited about whatever, but nobody else is there. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, so it's a good thing I do know that the fans are out there listening. Otherwise, I'd... I'd I swear to God, there are people there. <laughs> yeah, my neighbors, if they didn't know what I was doing, they'd be like, what is he in the... Who, he, nobody's, nobody's there. Who's he talking to? <laughs> we don't think he's making meth, but we definitely think he's on meth. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's kind of funny with the streaming stuff. I rarely have time to game anymore. Just between the podcast, uh, dance drives, and the, the car show stuff, especially this time of year, and then my actual job, there's virtually no free time for me to spend a few hours doing anything besides working on stuff. But I watch streams all the time because mm-hmm. I've always played games for the story. So I, pl- I watch playthroughs all the time. I go. I have a couple of friends that do it, even from different states and stuff, and it's, it's like I'll send them stuff to play. I'm like, can you play this for me so I can watch it? And I will literally <laughs> put it on and watch it when I have the time. And I love it because I, it's just fun to watch other people enjoy stuff. Yeah, that's that's kind of the weird thing, isn't it? That, yeah. That streaming is is this way to to share your love of gaming or whatever game it is with a bunch of other people, and you don't have to play. You can just sit there and watch and chat with people who have similar interests, and it's another way to socialize. I mean, and I'm I'm almost fifty, so. I've been along through the the game ride all the way through, but it's this weird evolution. I never thought when I worked at Nintendo in the eighties, um, that people would want to watch me play video games. It just doesn't, it didn't click, but I get it now. I mean, it's just what people do. They, it's just another way to, to socialize with your gamer friends and to learn tricks or to, you know, just see somebody play something you haven't seen. There's a million reasons to watch somebody play a video game that I never would have thought of. And he's laughed at me because I have a good friend of mine, Ariane is her name, and she plays a bunch of stuff on uh, online. And I will get into it like I'm watching a sport. I will like get mad for her when she misses a point of the game because I'm really into watching her play. And I and I when she has other people on and stuff like that, it's, I realize that I'm not alone. And it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. They get just as disappointed as I do as I do when she's got a boss fight and she doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, you almost had it. Keep going. <laughs> you know? and that's the weird thing with Forza. It's driving, too. Yeah, so when you're, when you're doing those other games, it's real easy. It's easier to interact with your audience. But I am driving. And yeah. I say this often in the, in the stream that, you know, I'm sorry if I don't see your, your comments. It's because I'm driving. And if I, if I look over here, you see what happens. I hit the barricade. Yeah. Or I, yeah. hit, I hit a tree, which is one of my favorite things to do. And it's, it's hard to, to get your best lap times while you're streaming because you're, you're thinking of other things to say. You're trying to catch that one comment. You're trying to interact with your audience while trying to you know make sure you nail that apex. Um, and I don't have that much skill in the first place, so yeah. I'm very challenged. Do you know who Dominic <laughs> Dobson is? No. Racing driver. So he actually won Pike Speak on his first attempt up the mountain, but he also Sweet. has a company, um, and they build driving simulators. The okay. really, really nice ones. The one in the shop in Seattle is one of his. Okay. Uh, what's his universe? A virtual sport? I actually do not know, and I'm, he's going to be really mad at me he's for not knowing that. But um, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, he's the, he does that. They're out of Portland. Yeah. So with like hydraulics and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. The, the big time stuff, and nice. it's super cool to do. Uh, and his one of his he's the coach for one of our previous guests as well, Andrew Evans. Andrew Evans Racing, uh, another local driver here. But they do a lot of time in the simulator. I mean, actually, you know, race car drivers who do this for a living, they're all about the simulator now. It's funny yeah. how much games have shaped our our actual racing drivers' careers now. Yeah, and in Forza, I mean, that's a way you yeah. can get familiar with a track because, I mean, we are millimeter perfect mm-hmm. in our prep, re- representation of the tracks. So drivers can go and just sit down and, and get familiar with a track they might not have. Well, we were, do, we were doing an interview and, a, and a, a breakfast down in Monterey this year. And we've ta- we talked about it on a, a previous episode. And we had uh, Mr. Kawasaki from SEMA and um, co- CEO of Coker Tires and Drew Alcazar from um, Russo and Steel. Russo and Steel. And Andrew was there. And Andrew was talking about the fact that the simulators and and games like Forza and and we will say, we won't nobody else matters um, right. are training are there that teams are using these to train because it's easier to just put you in a simulator a, a fifty thousand dollar simulator than to ship you in a car to the track to run it they, yeah. yeah which is amazing yeah VR motion that's the name of this VR motion okay. thank okay. you totally Sorry. did not look that up it just came right to my nope head. nope <laughs> ignore all the click marks that while well, uh, Nick was tagging, <laughs> talking but yeah. It's amazing to me the technology and how realistic can. I remember I think what was it was it Forza three like where you could actually start opening cars and getting in and looking at the interiors and stuff like that. Forza Vista it was originally called Auto Vista. Auto Vista um, and I believe okay. it came out in Forza four. Four okay oh, okay. 
I remember that I was just blown away in the fact that you could walk up and, you know, open everything and then get in the car and start the car. And it's still, I, I have wasted so much time in Forza, not actually racing, but just opening up cars and sitting in them going, okay, yeah, now I'm in this. And yeah, it's so much the more than just is. racing. It's, yeah. it's an ability to experience cars that you might not ever see in your life. Yeah, and even that, we were talking We were talking to a bunch of people down in uh, Monterey, in California. People have been on tracks all over, and we're like, oh, no, of course I've been on the track. But I know that turn, I know exactly what you're talking about, because mm-hmm. I've driven it in Forza. Yeah. And it's it really opens different doors of conversation to people you normally wouldn't be able to talk to. Because there's a lot of us who just can't afford a racing career, no matter how much we'd want one. But we can still talk to those guys, and they can tell us about what it's like in real life. I love those conversations. And like, okay, I've driven Laguna Seca a thousand times. In Forza, I've never driven it in real life. I've been to Laguna Seca. I've seen Laguna Seca. But then I go talk to the drivers, and they're like, oh, yeah, when we're in this turn. And I know I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's yeah. it's weird to have those gears turning. And it's a strange way to think about it for those of us who are much older of how many doors have opened to automobiles because of the gaming industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was in a Saline S7 today in real life. And if it was not for Forza games, I might not actually know what a Saline is. S7 is because it's kind of out there. It's it's a niche supercar. I mean, sounds I, like a sheet on a tax return. Did you did you file your Celine S7? Well, yes, <laughs> like ten times, baby. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were we were we were talking. Andrew Evans was at at that interview, and he was, he was joking. And one of the f- my famous lines, he goes, "If you want to make a small fortune in racing, start with a large fortune." <laughs> well, that's pretty much the only way to do it. Well, yeah, but I mean. It's interesting to see technology and, and the and, and the gaming industry really come together with this and really change things. Oh. And I I have actually it Forza has helped me in the fact that we've had some opportunity to drive cars and I've been able to get in cars because I've been in them virtually and know where to start them and where everything is. Yeah, the P one especially. Yeah, You're yeah. like, Oh yeah. 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 Up on the roof. That's, that's the center. Center, yeah. That's the center. But I it, the P1 is exactly I, what I was I talking meant to about. Senna, actually, Senna. no, you're <laughs> yeah. good. The P1 was exactly what I was talking about because I was able to get in there and, and I knew what I was doing. But that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so. <laughs> we have some fun with cars. <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. I'm, I'm, I won't, I won't say jealous because I don't ever want to be jealous of anybody. But these are experiences. You know, I, like I said, I got to sit in a ride in a Sailing uh, Seven today. That's something that most car guys are never gonna. They'll never even see that. You know, they'll never even see that car in life. And I. I was shot back in my seat. It's just a, it's a treasured experience. It's something I personally am just like, yeah. oh my God, I will remember that forever. Well, then let's talk about it. Because like you said, you used to, you, you, you did a ton of writing for Forza before you got into the streaming. Explain to us and our listeners what it's like being in a car like that. Because it's, it's, it's a very physical experience. It's a very emotional experience. I mean, and. Well, I mean, you can describe it with, with one word. You know, it's just like permagrin. You know, every Good every word. time Roy stepped on that gas and he got up into the secondaries of, of that 427 twin turbo, 750 horsepower, rear wheel drive, no nannies supercar, you can't help it. You just start smiling and giggling and you're like a 16 year old, you know, that just finally got to touch his first girlfriend or something. I don't know. There's, there's something <laughs> sexual. There's something emotional. Yeah, and, but the and, car won't talk back or, or, you know, go sleep with your best friend. So I, it's, it's not better. Like, right? <laughs> Ten times. That's my point. It's better. It's a, a yeah. lot more expensive probably. Damn too. Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, but for guys like us, it's an emotional experience to, to be in a car or to be close to a car like that. And it's something you treasure forever. And you remember like, you know, your first date or, anything else that might be emotional and a great memory for other people. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that. We had an episode where we talked about driving the McLaren 675 LT and how it's one of those, it will, for me, it is my dream car. That's the one like obtainable dream I have. There's other cars out there that I love, but the 675 LT spider is the one car in the whole world that if I had the money, I would immediately buy one immediately. Like that's, that's my unicorn, my dream. And so to get behind the wheel and drive it was more than just, somebody handing me the keys to a fast car. It was like, I achieved a lifetime goal of mine just to <laughs> sit in one, but let alone to drive one. Like, those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm, I smile just thinking about it and the feeling of hitting that button and knowing that I was going to drive it. Like Just thinking that memory and reliving that moment makes me smile instantly. It's it up probably, to you to wreck it or not wreck it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was Pucker, very... Pucker factor 12. Yeah. And that is definitely not a meet your heroes moment where like you drive some cars like the, the Countach or anything like that. And they're extremely difficult to drive. You can't see crap out of them. They're not as fast as you think compared to modern cars. They don't handle as well as you think, especially to modern cars. They don't break as well. They have insane style. It's one of my favorite cars ever. I had all the posters and stuff, but you drive one and you're like, I should have just enjoyed looking at it or going for a ride. Well, that is, like it's, you said, that's your meet your heroes moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then you meet, then you drive the McLaren and you're like, this is so much better than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that's a really great comparison too, because I mean, a McLaren, if I was to be in a position to buy a supercar, I would probably, I've said it before, I would probably buy a McLaren. Um, whether it's something affordable, like a 12C. Yeah. Um, or, you know, whatever you can afford in that fantasy scenario. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't afford the windshield on that car. But... Uh, <laughs> you can't either. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the power, performance, and styling of McLaren, compared to anything else in the supercar category, they, they to me, they kind of stand alone. And for the people I've talked to that own them, they are very proud of the fact that, uh, you know, amongst their Ferrari friends that they, they have this advantage or they, they know what they have and, and they're proud of it because it's, it's different. We have a, a friend of ours who's done very well and he has a Huracan and he also has a 570 GT. And he has said the, the Huracan in style and in, in uh, torque delivery and all that is amazing. Blow your mind handling everything. But the 570 is so much more fun to drive. Yeah. Just you get in and you're just like driver's car. This thing is meant for me to go as hard as I can in it as often as I want and over and over and over and over. And the Huracan will do it too, but you won't get the same feedback. You they won't get they the do same it differently. Rush. They do it very differently. Yeah. And I totally get that. So what's your, what's your, you said the McLaren, but you're a, you've got a Porsche, you're a big Volkswagen guy. Is it a, what's your, uni- what's your unicorn? Yeah. Is it a 23 oh, window or is it a, God. Um, or give I me a few. I, I know it's an almost impossible question. That's like saying, what's your favorite child? I know. That's, it's, yeah. it's an unfair question. And yeah. it's like, what's your favorite band or what's your favorite song? And, and just this glutton of stuff comes in my, my head. So people have asked me, if you could buy one car for the rest of your life, what would you buy? And that I had an answer to. And that's a Volvo 850R wagon. That is a cool car. And, and, and it's, it's a realistic answer because I can, in my head, I can only think of something when you talk about the rest of your life, yeah, something that's realistic and that then I can and I can justify why would I buy that vehicle because it's really awesome. It goes fast. It does everything right. It's reliable. It will carry its value pretty well. Yeah, I can haul four by six plywood in the back of it. Um, I could tow my camper with it. Um, I still, and it's a Volvo. I so. still vividly remember the commercial for that car vividly from when I was a kid. So they had a picture of this touring series in Europe. A ton of cars hauling ass around the track. They're coming mm-hmm. sliding through the corners. And all of a sudden, you see an 850R wagon on the track competing with the rest of the cars. And then it goes flying around the corner. And then it stops and does the reverse sequence. So they're like, wait a minute. Did you just see that too? And, it's, and then yeah. it was Volvo introducing the new 850R. And it was super cool to see. They, they, they flat out raced it. They, they put that thing straight into the track in a wagon. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back all the way to, to the P-Series Volvos yeah. that they had the, the rally uh, commercials for where they were jumping them you know, in the, in the early 50s. Um, uh, 50s, 60s, but I mean, Volvo's always been surprisingly about performance as well as safety. Yeah, I was going to say, and uh, safety. And yeah. safety yeah. I mean, yeah. Performance is part of safety. If you want to be safe, you also need a good handling car that will steer the right way and go fast enough to get you out of the way of harm. And there is a lot of wagon lovers in this area, as oh. I'm wearing my Avance t-shirt, which is... Hashtag the, more wagon. Yeah. yeah. Avance, the, our, <laughs> the group we've plugged a thousand times over, we're going to have Adam back on the podcast to talk about how much the group has changed and evolved. But Avance is named after the uh, Audi Avant, which just means wagon. Yep. That's all it is, is an Audi performance wagon. Well, it's not even a wagon, it's just an Avant. And I and I I I very much am in that group, and the fact that you know I've had the Subaru wagons and and and, yeah. and the, but and I've always said that if I could have like like a car like that, and I'm surprised to hear Volvo, but it totally makes sense. But I want an I want an RS6 Avant. Oh I mean, yeah, okay. I, 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 I want them to legalize them here. Then I want one. Yeah. What's <laughs> I, John Olus? What's Olson? That? Yeah, he had that wide body one, oh, that under the ground. But, yeah, but somebody somebody stole it. And not when it was hit. He had sold it, then somebody stole it yeah. and burned it he's, to the ground. It, in if you know cars, oh. you, I mean, he's infamous for, for taking his SV with a roof box up skiing and, and his Gallardos and stuff like that. So he, I mean, he builds these massive cars, but he also uses, uses them. them. But um, yeah, he, this, 
I, w- I wouldn't want the body. He put a huge body kit on it by AB, ABT, I think. But um, I love that's that my that's my car. That would be where I would want to be because it'd be so much fun. I think. I think I can also give an answer that's a little bit more supercarish. Okay. Is I used to watch Magnum PI with my mother. Three hundred eight. Oh god. And so she loved Tom Selleck. I love the car, and it's actually in a range of affordability that I can actually say. If I have the chance, I will buy one of those cars. And you can actually afford to own that car versus if you tried to buy a, a 550 or something like that and you're looking at a $10,000 service to to keep it on the road for a year. Um, so that is probably... It's not the most awesome supercar. It's not as fast as that, but that is the car that... And that goes back to your other question, but what made you a car guy? Watching Thomas Magnum drive the 308. Oh, me too. I've it's, seen every episode. I'm a huge Tom Selleck fan because well, I'm a love, big Magnum fan. And yeah. the 308 was one of my favorites as a kid. I, that's I, the Ferrari I, I learned yeah. what Ferrari was, you know. That's why the 288 GTO is actually my favorite Ferrari supercar almost of them all. He's Every time I see one in Monterey, he sees me freak out because I'm just like, it's 288. Which I love it because it's got that old school Ferrari 70, late 70s, early 80s lines. I freak mm-hmm. out because he starts to strip. It's weird. But, <laughs> but it is. It, you bring up a very good point in the fact that a lot of our dream cars are, are stuff that we saw on TV. Like, I've always said, I want a 69 Charger because I was watching Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, I've never wanted the 69 Charger, oh, although that is a car that I drive a lot in Forza because they're really awesome and that you can oh, yeah. really feel the Mopar. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those... Uh, well, I also want Knight Rider and the 18 van and the Scooby Doo van. And I <laughs> want watch the Chips. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Chips on, on Netflix. I've oh, been yeah. revisiting it with my with my sons, and I, the way I refer to it is, it's like the whole show. Every show is a. It's just a bunch of car chases. Yep. Yeah. How could you? And, and a bunch of cars from the 70s. I mean, mm-hmm. Mercedes, Ferrari, Porsche. And, and gremlins and and bugs and fiats <laughs> and hondas i mean everything because I, I i love all that you know and to watch ponch and john just driving around la where they when you could actually drive around with all these cars <laughs> and they're just waiting to go in clean air yeah yeah <laughs> man I, I remember when i was a kid i went to the universal studios a lot i had family in california and they had a uh, kit there and they had a guy doing the voice, so you could ask it real questions. And I'm, I was like, <laughs> sweet, probably seven or eight at the time. So this blew my mind <laughs> to see Kit. It's real, mom. You don't understand. Exactly. I was totally <laughs> yeah. that kid, and I was, I was blown away because, because I, I remember asking Kit, and I was like, do all the buttons really work? And he said, they really work. He's like, but we're on the lot today, so we can't use any of them. And I was like, oh, okay. Did he sound like Kit? <laughs> yeah, he oh. did. It was great. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was one of my more uh, vivid childhood memories, which are almost all around cars. I don't remember much else. (laughs) What else matters? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars, get your first session free. And we're back, and we got more cars to talk about. Yeah, well, I we were talking off off camera about how we all kind of have full garages. Yes. Um, otherwise, we'd probably buy more cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I am of that ilk. Um, so you got the Ford Fiesta. Got the, the Mark One Fiesta. You got the Beetle. Got the Beetle. Got the Porsche. Got the Porsche. What else is in the stables? Uh, so I have the bookend to the Fiesta. Okay. I have a new Fiesta ST, 2016 Fiesta ST. Oh, car okay. package, no sunroof, um, molten orange uh, on black. You didn't buy into the RS? Well, it came down to it that uh, I couldn't afford an RS. I, I had ridden in Matt Farrow's um, Focus RS, and I was like, oh, my God. That's so awesome. I had driven Kevin Mark, not driven... Uh, but ridden in Kevin Marcus's Focus RS. I'm like, that's so awesome. But that's $40,000 uh, for a very special car. And, yeah. Hold on one second. And I wasn't willing to yeah, get rid of anything. You, you um, caught that name drop that nobody else is. <laughs> yeah. so did, did you talk to Kevin about his Focus RS? I did a story on, on Kevin's Focus RS um, fairly close. When he, on, when he only had one. Because he's got three now. No, Kevin Flynn. Kevin Flynn. Uh, I've also talked to Kevin Flynn about his. Kevin Marcus is a different yeah. Kevin unit Did, Do you know, there's very good possibility that Matt Farah's RS was supposed to be Kevin's RS. Oh, really? So, I, I know Kevin Flynn's story about the yeah. difficulties he had getting his. Um, I have no idea what transpired in that process that may have... It, it, it's, it's just a funny story. But it was a, he did have a blue one. 
Yeah, so <laughs> nobody could get their RSs. They were all in this back order, and Kevin was expecting to get his. Well, suddenly, and Matt had the same issue of getting one, and suddenly Matt got his out of nowhere. It was full of the exact same spec, and Kevin's like, I've been waiting for mine for like six months, and all of a sudden, his comes in early. Huh. Is, is there any of, proof of that, or is that just kind no, of an assumption? No, there's just speculation and assumption. It is kind of funny to think about. Hmm. So. And well, we spoke to Matt a, few, or Matt a few times trying to get him to come to some of our events, so we'll just blame him. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah, well, he had done some significant modification to yes, his. Yes, he has. Yes. And uh, I was fortunate enough to interview him for as a voice of motorsport for Forza Motorsport 7. Yeah. And part of that time we spent together was going for a ride down the <clears throat> LA freeway and that thing. And it was the closest thing to a supercar that any little hot hatch could ever be. Yeah. Um, I went for a drive with a friend of ours, Davis, who's got one. And I was so impressed by that car. Like, because growing up, being being a car guy, I was a huge, like, uh, you know, Subaru Rally and things like that. And, you know, Mr. Subaru. And then that car just blew me away of how comfortable it was and how well it drove. Yeah. But so, I, I think a lot of people had trouble finding them or getting them, I should say. Yeah, there was a big shortage for a while. But it just so happened, like, the exact same spec. But I think it was exa- a Ford shortage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just, it Build just made me laugh. Sorry, that's I'm funny. Like, oh, Sorry, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after riding in that, you know, I was really sold that how awesome that Ford experience was. And this whole Ford effect was kind of happening. You know, the, our, our studio head had the GT that he was getting. There was a couple guys at the studio that had RSs. There's a guy that has an ST. Dan Greenewalt bought the uh, Shelby uh, GT350R, the flat crank one. I'm not yeah, saying that Yeah, GT350R. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and Matt had told me about what he had done to his ST, and I watched some videos on that, and I was like, you know, and it's the car journalist's car, right? It, and that's kind of what I am. Yeah. Um, and I could afford it. <laughs> so I found one that this guy had done some really nice work to. It's got the Ford racing wheels on it. It's got a Mountain exhaust and on sport springs, um, little intake, um, and a few little details that made it stand out against any other ST. Um, no, I mean they're they're great cars. We have a, yeah. one of our thugs, Brendan's. I think he, yeah, he's, got, got an ST. he's got an ST, and and he, listening to him talk about the possibilities of what you can do with that car is really and still make it look stock in the fact that, but the performance wise and, and and ride wise, it's you know you sit there and you go, why would I buy an RS if I can get it for this price and have do all this other stuff? Yeah, the 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 value per dollar. Is oh no, just, I'm is saying, off the why scale. would you ever? No. <laughs> But uh, I'll be honest, if drive. I could have afforded yeah. no, you know, an RS, I probably would have bought one. But that would have meant getting rid of something else from the stable. Gonna say, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. yeah. So Okay. And what else? What else is- so VSDST, that's the end of the sporty cars. Okay. A little bit more utilitarian. I've had a Toyota FJ Cruiser uh, that I bought brand new in 08. It's just about to hit 100,000 miles. Great choice. It's got a huge sunroof in it. It's lifted a little bit. It's got a big winch bumper and... I love those FJs. Um, old man emu suspension mm-hmm. and that stuff. So that thing's been awesome. Gets horrible mileage, uh, but goes anywhere and you can always count on it running because it's a Toyota, um, yeah, which allowed knows. me to own air-cooled cars. And <laughs> He um, has a very well-built uh, Land Cruiser. Oh, sweet. The 99 locked, lifted, bumper, rack, lights, skid plates, sliders. Well, if you ever go off-roading somewhere, I I haven't done as much as I used to, uh, but I would love to go. I don't, I just don't do it anymore, really. Yeah, we we play especially in the winter. That's when it's really fun. We go up there and see how far we can go. It's just fun. Take your friends out, get stuck, come back. (laughs) Yeah, and I have not gotten stuck since I got my winch. That's kind of the magic. I think the the winch gives you that that you will never get stuck once you have a winch, Um, unless maybe I'm just not trying hard enough. I I actually haven't either. I've pulled other people out. No, did we get stuck once? It depends on what your what your definition of stuck is, because I mean, I look at it as if you've got a winch or you can get out, you're not stuck. But um, I don't. We've sunk it into some places, but and there's been some really I will call them pucker effects coming down hills that were very icy and yeah. But oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think we we got the Land Rover stuck big time that couple of times that day. Yeah, but we got the winch. And we almost got your, no, but because remember we almost got the Land Cruiser stuck pulling the Land Rover out. Yeah. So, but no, there's a new goal. Okay. Because I think stuck to me is like, I'm walking out kind of thing. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, I have like, walked out. A couple, I'm going to wait for times. the snow to melt. I'll come get it in spring. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. Short, brief, short story. Years and years ago, a friend of mine and I were, were hiking up to this hot springs uh, way up by Mount Baker somewhere. And the you know there's these two tracks as we're going through the snows, middle of winter. And we're like, who the hell would have drove up here? 
we're walking, walking, walking. We're six, seven miles into this steep incline going up to these hot springs. And eventually we come upon this, you know, it was a 1984 Jeep Cherokee, huge lift on it, chains on all four tires. And it was absolutely stuck in a huge drift that it was across the road there. And you could tell that they had tried really hard to get that thing out of there. And it must've burned the clutch up or something because it was, it was not going anywhere until spring at this point. Um, <laughs> But we had that. We were up off of Tinkham Road and ran into some kids way up in the mountains in their parents' sub- old suburban with 20 inch rims with street tires on it. Sweet. And they were just, <laughs> well, they were just getting baked as they could be. And then they got up there with velocity. That's how they got it up there. They probably hit that road doing 60 in the snow and didn't stop until it wouldn't go any further. Ugh. And we were up there. We, we ran into them and then a, a Jeep club came up and it, we got three Jeeps stuck. Not me. Not you. No, no, but I'm saying because the Jeeps were trying, I mean, like, like stuck, like stuck, stuck. I mean, and we had the, the rescue boards and they were wedged under the Jeeps and we got these kids out. I mean, and they literally had to take, we had to, to rip this Suburban out, chain it to the back of one Jeep, chain it to the front of the other one and drag it down the hill so it didn't drive off the road. It was so icy. You were just sliding it, down the hill. Four, I do, like I, four I hours worth of like five cars trying to get this one car out. That's very nice of you. Well, here's the best part. <laughs> oh, we go up there the next year, and we're we're screwing around. And I've I've got a my parents bought a, a Discovery Sport, and we were just kind of seeing how far we could take it because with the cruiser and everything, we knew we'd be fine. But we weren't going way up there. We were just no. on a flat road. So if we're we still on Tinkham. Hmm. And him and I, we get we get the rover stuck, you know, just having fun. We're pulling it out. Out of nowhere comes the same kids. And they're like, "Hey, you're the guys who got us out last year." We're like, "Yep." just kept walking i was like are you kidding me <laughs> i was like because we said something like well, is your parents car no we left it back there we're just walking well but did like, you expect anything different from somebody rolling a well, suburban no, I on didn't. 20s I was, well his mom's suburban <laughs> yeah his mom's suburban, suburban on 20s. 20s. yeah and they were full had we not come up there they were they were deciding that they were going to walk out of there and i don't think they would have made it by nightfall let yeah. alone they would have been out on i-90 trying to get home but it was just anyway Millennials. <laughs> well, they weren't even millennials. They no, were, they were whatever, whatever the generation whatever, is before that. Whatever's worse than millennials. Uh, <laughs> so, so okay. So we've got the the, the Porsche, the the Ford uh, Fiesta ST. We've got cruiser. the cruiser. What's after that one? I missing uh, one. Yeah. Yep. We so got the Beetle. Got the Beetle. Okay. Uh, and then we take a trip back in time to again utilitarian, but it's seventy three Ford F two fifty. Oh, cool. Oh. It's it's your grandpa's truck. It's green and white, two tone. It's it runs great. It leaks a lot of oil, but it goes to the dump and it goes yeah. to actually it goes wherever I want it to. But it it really looks great. It's got the factory push bar on the front. Cool. It's a three ninety. Yeah. It's got a floor shifter. Somebody put in it. I don't know why. Um, so it's got a B and M floor shifter, <laughs> which is kind of awkward. But you know, I guess if I wanted to drag race somebody, I could do that. Um, <laughs> And then kind of race to Home Depot. We could. I mean, yeah. it, it, it will break the tires loose very easily. Sure. Um, and it makes good sounds. Um, and that's my, I bought it from a neighbor years ago and I, I was wanted the truck that my dad used to have. And that's the truck my dad used to have. And it's got a bench seat. Yeah. Um, it's also the three speed car that I have. I have a three speed car, a four speed car, a five speed car, and a six and two six speeds cars. Um, and then all that's left after that, and I have to count it. It's not running. It's never going to run. It's, in fact, rotting on my property is a 67 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia convertible that is the planter box of my Ghia garden. And it, there's a, it, a Japanese maple growing out in the middle of it and succulents growing out of the taillights, and it's surrounded by flowers and ferns. I love that. I, I love the Ghia garden. This is great. It that's, just it works. I, I've got a, a friend of ours that had a, that put, 10 times what a Ghia is worth into restoring one. And it's a beautiful car. It really is. But I sometimes look at it and go, are you this, sure? This is, it is a restorable car. I have the title for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, but granted, it is. it was sold, you know, as, you know, this is a $200 yeah. chassis. I mean, I could put $20,000 into it and I would have a $15,000 Ghia. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's... Oh, it's, you never get your money back with vintage cars. Trust me. If I knew, if I knew the dollar amount that has gone into the Triumph, I'd 
I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, I mean, if I've, and I've learned, I've restored enough cars or restored, worked on enough cars <laughs> in my time to know that, uh, you know, at this point, if I had $15,000 to spend on a Gia, I'd go buy the one that I saw on Craigslist for $15,000 that I could drive home rather than spend five years and immense pain and work and time. They're neat cars. I oh, just, they're awesome. Yeah. But when I see, like, when I talk to the, like, our friends, like, and to see what it takes to actually keep them running and, and the money you put in it, I mean, it's a pit. Yeah. That's why you LS swap everything. <laughs> LS. <laughs> that, 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 that would be interesting. That would be interesting to do that. That doesn't sound like a four-cylinder. Oh, part of it is. <laughs> Half of it is. Half of it is, yeah. <laughs> and then I have, a, I have a Vespa 250 scooter and a Kawasaki ZRX 1200. That's my supercar meter there. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's, that's a lot of bike. He's a big bike guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that thing. I've been out in the hills and the Snoqualmie Valley with, you know, guy with a 512 TR one day and where people drive out back there. And that's where I'm able to be like, okay, yes, I, I know it's just a $5,000 motorcycle, but I can keep up with you. Yeah. Cheapest speed you can find is a motorcycle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All of his two vehicles, both of them represent us. Cause I'm more of a Vespa guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're more of a speed guy. I don't Vespa's know. I awesome. keep thinking about getting a ruckus. <laughs> Dude, I ride with a lot of a couple different scooter groups and you know, so I, I, my Vespa is, you know, stock, case you know big windshield all that mm-hmm. you know luxury comfort stuff but i read with guys with you know little 150 swapped ruckuses that are stretched and crazy wheels and stretched tires and custom everything um scooter crew is is kind of like car people except it's even more nichey they love their scooters yeah. just like we love our cars um I don't so blame them. They look like a lot of fun. When I was oh. driving up Pikes Peak in my GTR, there was three guys on Vespas that drove up Pikes Peak. Sweet. On Vespas. That would be an awesome ride. <laughs> it was just... I, get I mean, you're not going to slide it around all the corners the whole way, but, you know, scooters are fun. If, yeah. If you, if you like two wheels, if you like the open air, scooters are fun. And Vespa is kind of... That, that's also... That's my only Italian, Italian thing I've ever owned, um, aside from Fiat 124. I'm trying to think. I've owned a Ducati, but I haven't, I've never owned an Italian car, I don't think. To the list. I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you're looking to me like I know all the cars. I, I, there are still times when you look at me and you go, oh, yeah, I remember when I had this car. And I'm like, when did that come up? <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of cars through the years. You know, yeah. How many cars have you had? I was trying to think something around 23 or 25, somewhere in there. Many, I've, as many as, well, actually. I've had a lot of daily drivers. I haven't had that many. just like barely count. They're just Because I used to live in Arlington and work in Medina. And so that commute, I had like Corollas and stuff like that, and a Sentra, just cars that was like, I just got to drive it here and there. Then I'd have a Z06 in the garage or something else that I could come home to. <laughs> I think the, the ST for me is 77. Wow. So I've, I've there were periods. We're not talking about the cars you bought in Forza, right? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, in real life. Apparently uh, there's no budget for him. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no, there's no Lamborghinis or Ferraris on sure. there. Um I have owned 77 cars. That's that's kind of a measure of my problem uh, that I've had over the years. I aspire for your problem. I was going to say, stop <laughs> calling it a problem. Yeah, I mean, there was a long period of time where I, I had two cars and I would, you know, s- sell those two and buy one better car or I would have a project car and get tired of projecting and then trade that and have a Volvo that just drove nice. Um, and then I'd maybe get another $1,000 and I'd buy a nicer Volvo. Um but they've all been interesting cars. I, you yeah. know, I don't. I never owned a Pinto. Um, my mother owned Pintos, so I've learned to drive in one. But I, you, <laughs> you know. were good. Yeah, I, yeah, that was good. That was good. That was mm-hmm. good for That's me. Enough for me. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was funny. I think the most exotic car on that list is a 1967 Rover P6. That's cool. That's not something you hear every day. Yeah, and you'll never, you'll never see one. No, I've never seen one since I when I owned that car, and people were just like. I'm not even a hundred. I don't even know if I've ever seen one of those. Uh, I'll bring like, a picture for yeah, you. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm just saying like that's out there. Yeah. It's a, it's a four door sedan with a big four cylinder in it. Um, I think I saw one at Monterey actually of all places. That is where you would see one. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I, I saw one recently and I can't re- I think it was, it must've been in Monterey because there's always a bunch of cars come through. Like, Sounds familiar. They're really popular yeah, in, in England. People will put yeah. big, big motors in them and they drag race them. And did we have uh, somebody that came out to exotic with one? Yes, we did. Okay. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably mine. Probably. Oh, okay, then it's probably yours. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many times we see the same car change hands, the different owners, just like, yeah. and it just come, keeps coming back to exotics over the years. We're like, oh, it's not his anymore. It's his anymore. So. Yeah, it's, well, if you do see I it, I just like going was, up to him and be like, did you know this is wrong with this car? 
How did you know that? Oh, I knew the other owner. <laughs> <laughs> if you do see it, mine was like a real deep gray uh, with little red pinstriped on the wheels at hubcaps, not the not the mag wheels, red interior. Oh, nice. Um, just My memory's not car. that good. I know we've had one, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of running out of time, but we really appreciate you taking the time and coming here, um, yeah. especially with your busy schedule and, and the streaming, and, and which is, I have to get, I, I'm not a streamer, but I've got it. I enjoy it. Like Dan has pulled them up before, and I, 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 I'm one of those people, like I have to have some type of stimulation when I'm working. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, I'll, maybe I'll start putting on some of your streams and reading them. I, watch them. I watched a couple before this just to kind of figure out what it is but do we really want this guy in the house no i knew i knew we wanted like i said you and i met at a forza event and, and i was like this we need this guy so um i really appreciate bear, taking the time the sound of my voice you know yeah. it's, it's definitely something to just have on in the background yeah. well let's start with uh where do our listeners go to find you where are all the different avenues because you're facebook i mean you're everywhere so yeah so i'm at john iwana on twitter i am john iwana on facebook j-o-h-n-i-w-n-n-a i am heavy metal affliction on Instagram, which was the name of my car cultural series I wrote for Forza for years. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to watch any of the streams, we are slash Forza Motorsport on Mixer.com and Twitch TV. Which you should, because it's actually a good stream, not just somebody... Oh, you're drinking the Microsoft Kool-Aid, Dan. If, well, if you're, if you're a car guy, <laughs> if you're not yeah. like a gamer, and you're like, I don't know what streaming is, and you yeah. don't want to be watching somebody play Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever... This this it's the car guys stream. Yeah, if, yeah, if there exactly is such a thing, this is. is the car guys stream, and that's what that's what I do. Yeah, Forza Excellent. does really well at uh, knowing their car community. Yeah, and they've been it's been a big push. This is why I do three streams a week now. It's a huge push. Uh, we're like the only studio that really does their own official stream. You know, every day of the week almost. Um, so check it out. Yeah, well, do you should. Well, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.